Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelous Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're here to talk a little Critical Role, episode a little, 70. A little B&B. A little bread and butter D&D, baby. We're that, dude. Yeah, I like it. Part of our norm. Well, I, I love it, actually. B&B, D&D. Didn't we yeah. come up with like three other acronyms last yeah, time too? There, there comes a point where our shenanigans <laughs> become too much. It's best just to leave it. Okay. You're right. I was going to say let sleeping dogs lie. And then I thought this, this might be an example though of analogies that we like to use and not. No, I think that, so. I think that one's right actually. And I didn't say it the one time. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I, okay. I'm about, I was like, I wonder where that came from. Like, is it like, cause if you wake a sleeping dog, he might bite you or something. Is that the idea? Like, yeah, I don't so. know if it's like necessarily bite you. I think it's maybe, you know, dogs get kind of rowdy. Like my dog's a lab. I mean, she just wants to play. Get the zoomies. So like, yeah. It's like, Hey, just, it's better just to let that, you know, let's not wind all this up, you know? <laughs> okay. So, all right. Similar to, you know, let sleeping babies lie. Okay. <laughs> Feels like you didn't register with that one in the same way. <laughs> you gave me an extended pause of you processing. How do I let him down easy on this one? <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, the, the baby finally went to sleep. You know, you're going to get your own 10 minutes of sleep in this precious oh, window. How convenient that you get it. It seems like it was a natural win for me. And yet you were like, mm, I don't know about that one. Sorry. I was just, I was just processing the dog still and it just took me a yeah, while to transition I over. I gotcha. But, <laughs> All right, what, are we, what are we doing today? What's, what's on the docket today? We're, we're talking some critical role. Um, we're actually, I mean, I guess we're not doing it supremely early or anything, but we're kind of, we're kind of quick on the gun this week uh, because I'm going out of town. Um, so we had to get this one out hot and fresh for you guys. And so hot and fresh that we don't know what the episode title is. And it's been a minute since we've, uh, since I we have looking for it. And I was like, why can't I find this? And I was like, oh wait, yeah. Cause it hasn't. Why don't I own this? Why don't know? I own this? But yeah, Which, we're, a little, we're a little ahead of the gun, ahead of the. We are, and um, yeah. I was I was <laughs> trying to guess what the title might be, but I don't know actually. All, all minds burn related, perhaps, or could be pretty big fight. Maybe something to yeah. do with that. Ratonish, or like Raton. I don't know. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> I'll tee that up for the comments. Yeah, Somebody yeah. in the comments can finish that. Yeah, that precisely. Was just an awkward silence for us. Like, <laughs> well, I was, I was like, I was kind of clear in my throat, so I muted. Yeah. Um, I was like, so, quick, save it, save it. Yeah. All right. If you're new, to, if you're new to the channel, if you're new to the channel, we like to talk a little D and D here. If you're a D and D fanatic, maybe you're a casual viewer. Maybe you just started checking out some Critical Role. Uh, we like to talk about the show here, and one thing we also like to do is be as awkward as possible, uh, which our regulars have come to um, begrudgingly appreciate about us. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, really, you- it's all an act because we're trying to endear <laughs> ourselves yes. to you guys. We're really actually not awkward. We're very cool. We are very cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so cool that we spend hours of time each week talking about Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah. So, well, uh, I'll just say announcements. Yeah, I, I don't really think we have any, do we? Well, I, I thought of one right as I said that, which I don't know. 
maybe maybe we're not ready to announce this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Blake and I um, were planning on hosting a little Calamity rewatch. So we don't have the details on that yet, but I figured let me go ahead and throw it out there. So those of you that are interested can like, you know, mark a little mental reminder. Um, it at the very least will not be starting for another week or so. Um, right. So maybe I was preemptive on throwing this out there, but that's the one <laughs> announcement that came to mind. Uh, what I can tell you, this is not another Witcher 2 or Witcher uh, <laughs> season two scenario. It will happen and it will happen soon. It will. It will. And what that looks like is um, it'll be like a watch party that we host in the discord. We'll all watch it at the same time, you know, have a live chat going. So especially if you have not seen Calamity, which I would I would be I honestly don't think there's a single person that like would that watches us that would not have seen Calamity. But if that is you, you definitely need to come along. And if you have seen it, I you want to come along. I already know that about you because that's how good Calamity was. So come, you know, let's all rehash that together. We'll laugh. We'll cry. And it'll be great. This is is the best form of. I'll just say CR. I'll go. I'll go a step farther. D and D content easily in like the last few years, um, maybe in the history of CR. I don't know. I haven't it's, seen campaign one and two. It's it's or other it's one shots. It's pinnacle. I, I I it. I find it's hard to compare it. I think like the quality level is definitely right there. Like amazing. Um, but it would be hard to like for me personally to like say, Oh, I like it better than, you know, one of the campaigns. Cause it's just so like, it's like, it's like watching a singular TV episode versus like nine seasons of a show, you know? Right. So is it like, am I going to say this one episode is better than this whole show? No, but uh, I'm, I'm yeah. getting lost in the weeds here. It, th- the I point is calamity is amazing. Episodes. Pinnacle D and D content for sure. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have that uh, announced in terms of a date. And um, any other announcements? I don't think so. Like Will said, he's going out of town uh, Mm -hmm. for the better part of a week. Uh, So in terms of the channel, we'll still have um, some highlights we'll be putting up. So make sure you guys are checking those out. And um, then we'll be coming back the week to follow with, um, I would guess, Worlds Beyond on the the docket, top of the list. Yeah, that'll probably be our next thing. I I don't know if we'll do... We'll have an extra week, actually, still. But because it comes out Tuesday, but then we'll have another, it'll be two weeks from there. So right. when you come back the week after, we'll still have the gap. That's but right. Anyway. And uh, I don't, I don't know if, I, I mean, I don't think we're doing content on Candela season two, but I will at the very least be watching it. I don't know if, if you plan on watching it. Um, I want to, cause it's, it's Britain, but I, I'm, I'm so like strapped that I, I don't yeah. think I'll be able to. So, um, Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe not our typical discussion, but maybe some form of Candela something once I get back in town. Um, but yeah, I, uh, as far as our watch parties, like I said, if I'm going out of town, um, so I don't know if I'll be able to participate in the Candela watch party, but it will still be going on even if, uh, neither Blake or I are there. So you're welcome to join a discord and come hang out and with the other people that are going to be watching. And, uh, if I can make it, I will be there. Um, yeah that's all that's all i got okay well um having said that let's jump into our episode discussion uh episode number 70 of campaign three of critical role 
And if you haven't checked us out before, we'd like to do just a quick recap of what happened in the video or in the uh, in the episode. Since the episodes can be four or five hours long, we just boil that down to a 15, 20 minute video. And then we cut that out separately and host it on our channel. So if you're watching just the recap and you want to see our full thoughts and discussions, or more importantly, you want to give us your thoughts on the episode, uh, you can check the description below. And then lastly, one last plug, we do have a Discord. We just kind of referenced it. But we want to know what you thought about the episode. Feel free to jump into the Discord. Everybody's welcome, whether you're an expert or a brand new critter. Literally anyone's welcome. So make sure you check that out as well. Having said that, I think your first half. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So let's do this. Episode 70 uh, begins with the party arriving in Basarus. And <clears throat> as they are, they immediately see lots of soldiers walking the streets uh, from all over Exandria, but particularly Vasselheim. And there are also three skyships um, docked, not like exactly in the city, but very in very cl close proximity. And suddenly one of these skyships explodes. Um, <clears throat> some of the guards I just mentioned start racing toward that way. But for the most part, the other denizens of Basarus are kind of unfazed, seemingly that this is kind of like a regular occurrence these days. Um, <clears throat> Keyleth decides, OK, I'm going to split off on my own and kind of see what I can find out about, like, what's going on with that explosion and just like what's going on in general. Um they press her a little bit about like, should you go alone? But she insists to go alone. Um, and so she does that, but they make plans to meet up um, a few hours later uh, once they've both handled their errands. So the party then heads toward Imahar Joe's. So they arrive at his shop and it's it's closed up. And after knocking with no response, uh, Chetney begins to pick the lock of the door and Ladna kind of throws her voice inside, I believe with prestidigitation, uh, to call for Joe. Uh, after this, they hear something kind of clatter on the ground and a voice that they don't recognize. So Imogen at this point casts Detect Thoughts and can feel nine different minds inside when suddenly a small glass orb kind of rolls out in front of them like a, like a grenade kind of. And we have Dexterity saves. So um, Chetney, Laudna, and Imogen all take some lightning damage and the door kind of like slams shut again. So it's at this point the party splits up. They kind of go look for different points of entry potentially. Um, Laudna and Imogen go to the roof where they find this like smoke grate. Uh, Fern, Ashton, and Orem go around back and the rest of the party stays up front. Um, <clears throat> inside through the smoke grate, um, Laudna can see that the furniture has been moved and there are seemingly a lot of people kind of like standing guard around two individuals that are like kind of being imprisoned. Um, one of these individuals is Joe and the other is this bunny like humanoid. Um, information is passed between the three, the three groups of Bell's Hells via sendings and messages. Um, and they're basically planning to like all kind of attack at once from their different positions. Before this can really get going, though, Laudna is actually attacked by a roguish figure who spots her, and we roll initiative. And uh, as always, we're going to just try to hit the highlights of this combat. It was a very long one, uh, which it actually bleeds over into or through the break. Um, but let's get into it. So Laudna opens things up with a bang, literally, as she just casts Fireball immediately, um, but making sure not to hit Joe and the other prisoner. And... Um, a Paragon's call member who is seemingly a monk kind of scampers up to the roof and begins attacking uh, Laudna. And there's a bunch of characters in this combat. Like I said, we've got all of Bell's Hells. We've got Dancer 
and we've got like several enemies here. There's um, the roguish one, like I said. Uh, there's a monk. There's some casters. There's a dragonborn. Um, and there is a half giant who we find out to be is General Ratanish of the Paragon's Call. Mm -hmm. So combat pops off on three different fronts. Um, the big moves that happen immediately are uh, Chetney uses his new sword, Grastachar, to charm one of the casters. Um, FCG casts Banish on Ratanish, sending him away. And um, <clears throat> Dancer, who is uh, waiting outside uh, for safety, utilizes uh, Pussy the Second to go in and yeah. cast spells. Um, so she actually heals Chetney, who has taken um, some actually pretty big damage thanks to Heat Metal on his armor. And just additional damage as this combat is going on. Um, the, the enemy Chetney Charmed does end up breaking the charm. Um, but at a later point, Fern actually charms another individual, the Dragonborn, I believe. Uh, so combat's continuing. Enemies are starting to drop eventually. Uh, Ashton has this awesome double nat 20 moment on the roguish mm -hmm. individual, yeah. uh, dealing a ton of damage. And meanwhile, Orum, for most of this combat, has kind of been darting around, uh, trying and failing to utilize like different machines that are in Imahara Joe's shop, but they're mostly like broken down crawlers, so he can't do too much with them. But he does ultimately use Seedling to grapple one of the enemies and kind of tie it to one of these broken crawlers and then attacks the crawler several times to get it to explode essentially. Um, and then like a crawler adjacent to it, I think explodes right after and just like obliterates this person. Combat continues. Uh, people, a few people are actually starting to look rough, but FCG casts a mass heal wounds on the party. Um, and that really kind of gives the for sure edge to bells hells at this point. Um, so one of the casters is actually a druid as we come to find out and they wild shape into a giant eagle, grab Joe and the bunny prisoner and just try to fly away. Um, they, there are a couple strikes made on this, uh, eagle as they're, you know, making their escape, but not enough. And the eagle does get out and takes to the sky. Uh, and on Ashton's next turn, this druid is 60 feet away. So Ashton is able to use their wormhole strike, which has a 60 foot range exactly. And so he's able to attack through a portal, does 42 damage, which is enough to destroy the eagle form. So the druid reverts. And now the druid, the bunny and Joe are all plummeting down um, to like a wrought iron fence. And that's actually where we go to break on the first half. Yeah, so coming back from break, um, these people are basically falling from the sky, uh, and uh, Ashton does his violet gateway to uh, basically lunge through, grab Imahara Joe, and then like position himself to, to have his back be falling. Um, and then Orem is going to use his, um, I can't think of the name of his boots. Uh, but gives him like the extra jumping ability. I think it's like boots of striding and springing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So he's going to jump and use bait and switch to try to swap himself with uh, the Lagomore, the bunny. Uh, meanwhile, um, Imogen is going to use telekinesis, I think, with his shield because they're falling towards this like this, this, um, like spiky fence for lack of a better phrase. So she's going to use a shield to like press down on the spikes and create kind of like a metal slide, so to speak. 
And sure enough, they um, they fall, they roll off, and they end up being totally okay. The druid uh, falls and is unconscious, and they're about to finish off the druid, but then they have kind of a meta moment of like, well, wait, hang on a second. Let's not kill the druid because we don't want to actually get out of init- out of combat because there still is general Ratanish. And I can't remember if you mentioned it or not, but FCG had actually casted Banish on Ratanish. And so Ratanish isn't even in the fight. He's gone for a minute, which every round's about six seconds. So they're kind of like, well, hang on, let's not get out of initiative yet. Let's let's wait and let's let's mess up General Ratanish. So they all position themselves. This is like peak D&D, by the way. Yeah, they totally. all position themselves around where Ratanish was banished, like literally like a circle, like steal his <laughs> lunch money kind of situation. FCG drops the banish, and then Matt has each of them go through and explain their attack on General Ratanish. Um, and I think we make it all the way to Orem, where Orem gets the how do you want to do this, and basically like slices uh Ratanish's leg Ratanish falls down and then like gives the nod to Ashton who basically says you know you should have killed me when you had the chance and then like uses the end of his mace to like basically like he, like impales and like rips open the rib cage of Ratanish brutal super, he is super dead <laughs> it's very graphic and Orm's like I kind of wish I hadn't done that so Anyway, so, um, and then Matt also mentions, oh, yeah, and by the way, that druid that was falling from the sky um, also died, too. So, <laughs> combat's over. <laughs> uh, and they're kind of like, wow, okay, that, we killed Ratanish. We're good. Um, and they're like, well, Joe, how are you? What's been going on? Who's this person you're with? And Joe's basically like, okay, for the last several days, Ratanish and others have been holding us here hostage, um, holding us captive, and basically asking us to build things. One thing, interestingly, is something described as a broomstone nullifier. It does exactly what it sounds like. It, it causes broomstone to become inactive. Now, we know broomstone is one of the main uh, ingredients, for lack of a better phrase, on the skyships that allow it to allow them to fly. And so for whatever reason, the Paragon's Call and by extension, Ludinus and the Ruby Vanguard are for some reason wanting to um, affect Broomstone in some way. Um, In addition to this, they do meet who the Lagomore is. This is Verna the Viper, who is a tinkerer and the head of the Overmind sect. Which, by the way, I don't know if this is from a previous campaign. I had no idea what it is, but apparently it's like a tinkerer's league or organization. Is that... Is that right, or is there more details there? Uh, I don't think we'd ever heard of that before. So oh, yeah. y'all correct me if I'm wrong. So Verna's a tinkerer and especially um, specializes in explosives and, like I mentioned, is being held hostage with Joe to do all kinds of things. Um, they loot all of the bodies. They find um, various items. Ratanish has, like, this awesome axe and also, like, this... Um, they all have like a matron of the the matron of Raven's uh, like necklace or something to that effect. But Ratanish's has like a special sort of like either insignia or like just flair on it that kind of that signifies like this person's like the real deal or like kind of like a leader, I guess, among the others. Um, all during this, by the way, they're noticing that the explosions that happened of the crawlers during combat is beginning to attract some attention. And they're like, we probably need to get get out of here quick. So they're like, where can we go? What can we do? They joke about going to Taste of Tal'Dorei, and it's like, well, it's like five in the morning, so maybe we shouldn't do that. And then they remember Hondir's hideout, which, if you don't recall who Hondir was, back when they were in Basaras, Basaras, you know, a few dozen episodes ago, 
there was Hondir, who was a member of the Grim Verity, who was basically hiding out um, since uh, Otahan and presumably the Ruby Vanguard were going around and killing members of the Grim Verity, them or uh, maybe even um, uh, Vasselheim in some ways. So Hondir has been hide had been hiding out in this hideout. They go back to his hideout, and Hondir is no longer there. In fact, it looks like people have been squatting here and left maybe the better part of a day ago. So finally able to take a short rest, they begin to ask questions. Uh, Verna's apparently from here. Verna apparently knows Fern's parents and immediately recognizes Fern as like, hey, yeah, you're, you're a Calloway, right? Um, they have a brief conversation on like, should we go see Fern's parents? And she's like, mm, maybe another time. And they, Joe and Verna begin to finally look at the whole reason they came here, getting the funnel of lewdness fixed. Um, there's a brief scene of them both like looking at it and kind of marveling over the expertise and craftsmanship of it. And basically where they land is, okay, it is an incredible magical item. It seems like whoever uses it is as we ascertained is absorbing the essence of whatever it's taking it from and to fix it it's going to take the better part of two or three weeks to actually correctly fix this thing uh, and then with a minor ritual we can attune it from there um, and they mentioned that one of the main things they're going to need to fix it is going to be residuum so they're having some conversation on like, well, where do we go from here? What do we do from here? And someone makes the observation that, well, we know a place that has a lot of residuum, namely Whitestone. And more importantly, there's a person in Whitestone who is a bit of an a-hole who is an amazing tinkerer. And so they're like, maybe we should see if um, Timothy Chalamet can, uh, <laughs> and also I think Keyleth called, Keyleth, wow, um, uh, Laudna Marisha Ray, I think, even called her uh, Vanessa Carlton at one point, but um, was like, maybe Kimothy Chalamet can take them to Whitestone while we go on to the Shattered Teeth. Um, and they basically decide, you know what, that seems like a really good idea. Um, so they're going to hold out here for a little bit. However, Ashton still has some things that he's wanting to do. Um, and so he actually begins to steal away, move away, uh, to head over to the All Minds Burn. Um, Imogen basically offers says hey i'd love to go with you i'd love to accompany you with this as sort of the days like warming up so he he takes her with him and they go to the old mines burn and again if you don't remember this from like a previous episode this was like the um it's not right to call it a commune i think of like a a um a place where like a bunch of people uh i guess it is like a commune what's what's the word i'm thinking of um like a I think cult? like not even like a cult like i think of like a scene from um Every reference I'm trying to think of, I can't think of the name of it, from uh, Mr. Robot, where he's doing like the hackathon and everyone's like down in the dark, like all mm. on their computers. Yeah. It's a little bit like that in the sense of like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And yet when Ashton and Imogen walk in, like everyone looks and there's some kind of sentience across all of them. And again, we got this in a previous episode. Well, as Ashton comes in, he's immediately, he's immediately looking for Justy, who is the leader of the All, all Minds Bird. And a younger woman basically pops in and, and is like, hey, wh who are you looking for? What are you doing? And we come to figure out that this is Shady Sally. Shady Sally is one of a former member of the Nobodies, the group that Ashton used to run with. And is, is kind of like, you know, hey, what do you, what do you need? What are you doing here? It's, it's kind of actually a bit testy. Ashton is like, you know, hey, we don't. Ashton to Imogen later says, you know, you don't leave people. He said this before. So there's, there's a bit of a, 
of attention there with with Shady Sally, but basically tell, tells Shady Sally like, hey, there's a lot happening. We have to get the nobodies back together, and and basically following Keyless' advice of we're going to need help. We need to have all hands on deck. We need to get as much help as we can. Justy shows up, um, and Justy basically tells Ashton, hey, someone's been asking for you. This sentience has been asking for you. And it's around this time that Imogen sort of lets her guard down mentally a little bit and immediately is eagerly pressed on like this mental psionic force uh, in this building. And Imogen describes it as like she's not resisting. Um, and this creature isn't dangerous yet, um, but is, is eager, if that makes sense. Um, Justy leads them down, I think like under the floor, like down into like a basement of sorts where it's no longer like building materials. It's almost like a cave-like cellar is kind of the impression I got, but like sort of like this mold and, um, mold's not the right word, um, like moss and like spongy something that's like in the walls and on the floor. And they basically come into this room with like these mucousy tendrils and like this central mucousy pillar and most freakily um, skeletons of presumably members of the All Minds Burn who have come, um, who have returned back to the source, I guess. And Justy's being very cryptic, explaining that what they're looking at is something that's been here for hundreds of years and that it's part, it's, it's this, and is being very vague, like it's, this is all of us, like we are it, you know, kind of very cultish stuff, I guess. And um, Imogen decides to like fully let her guard down, this sentience, this, this feeling enters her mind, searches through her memory. She has all sorts of memories of being a kid and catching firebugs, and then a memory of her seeing Laudna die, and then like, you know, playing in a creek with her dad, like all sorts of these other different things. And for whatever, we're gonna talk about it in the in the discussion, for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, you seem good. Like, we want to help you out. <laughs> you're all right. Um, yeah, you're, you seem totally fine. Surrounded by skeletons. I, I, honestly, like, kind of the impression that they got was, like, Pradathos is really bad, and this might be something that could be helpful against the fight against Pradathos. Um, and it's basically, Imogen's like, so what can we do? What can we do to help? And Matt describes, like, this, this size of an orange, like, mucousy bulb that comes down that he calls the brood pit. And that this creature basically says in their mind to take it and then plant it somewhere. And Imogen's like, the moon seems like a great place for that. <laughs> Let's take it with us there. Yeah, I think so... it specifically wanted to be planted on the moon. Oh, okay, really? Okay. Mm. I thought Imogen just said, like, How, how's the moon? How's Rudus? So that actually makes sense then. Um, anyway, so after all this happens, they're like, well, this was, this was great. Um, we cut back to uh, Honda's hideout. Um, Ladna, it's been, an, it's only been an hour, but Ladna is freaking out about <laughs> Imogen being gone. And she believes that Ashen has kidnapped Imogen and has, you know, he's, he's the most suspicious of the group, apparently. Um, right around that time, Imogen shows back up and, uh, she's like, yeah, it's been an hour. Like, what were you freaking out for? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, they meet back up with Keyleth who had been out, you know, doing her own thing. Keyleth mentioned, mentions that she did in fact meet with someone helpful. I don't remember the name of the person. Um, but basically 
has come to find out that forces have been gathering, uh, basically armies have been gathering, like these skyships they see here in Basaros, to take on an army that is around the excavation site that is now known as the Bloody Bridge. Uh, is that right, by the way, or is it a different? Locale? I think so. I think so. Okay. I think this was the implication because it's a red beam, so the bloody bridge. Yeah. Um, there, there's a bit of a deadlock here, um, and they know that sooner or later this deadlock is going to break and it's going to shift in one way or the other. They need more friends, they need more allies, and um, this is basically where their journey together ends. So Imogen asks, hey, can you take our friends to Whitestone? Um, she says basically, yes, I have to go. There's a lot of people I need to go meet, some people I need to call out of retirement, yada, yada. We'll eventually go to Whitestone. And then she opens a portal for um, in this tree uh, to take them to the Shattered Teeth. And as they're passing through, uh, she basically says, hey, go find um, Jirana, the Shore Shrew, um, <laughs> which sounded like a mispronounced sorceress, uh, but Jirana, the Shore Shrew. <laughs> Um, who can tell them how to find Yvonne Trevier, uh, the Tree of Atrophy. And then also says something along the lines of, like, also uh, either watch out for or, like, ask about Jirana's friend Torres as well. Uh, and also Jirana's, uh, not to butcher it, but is also a turtle, by the way. So, turtle, turtle creature. So, anyway. Uh, all that to say, and that is where the episode ends, uh, episode number seven of Campaign 3 of Critical Role. And don't forget, if you're watching just the recap, you can see our full thoughts and discussion. Tell us your thoughts and um, theories uh, on the full episode linked down below. Pop, pop. Good job. Pop, pop. There always comes a time like where you're like eight minutes deep in the recap where you're like, oh, God, this is getting so long. But there's so many other details, <laughs> you know, so then you're yeah. like, Skip that, skip that, you know. Well, that. Th this was a long one, um, like a five-hour ep. Yeah, and so, hey, just, just starting on a, a detail we just talked about, I didn't realize that the creature was saying it wanted to go to Ruidus because I, I re-watched the conversation this morning, and I thought, I thought Imogen was, like, throwing out ideas of, like, but the creature told her it wanted to go to Ruidus. Well, you, you watched it more recently than me, so maybe your recollection is better. But the way I remember it is when it was probing through her mind, seeing the different mm -hmm. memories, it, start, it started to see the memories of Ruidus, like Imogen looking down. And, right, um, right. I do remember that. I think, <clears throat> I don't know if it like explicitly said, like, bury me there, but like, I, I felt like the implication was it was very intrigued by that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. and they, it knew it was, they were going yeah, there. It was something like, it said it I said it said something that she was like, Oh, you want to know about Ruidus or like you want to go to Ruidus or something like that. So that does you're reminding me there was a, a detail like that. So I, I think you may be right, actually. Um <clears throat> should we start with that conversation by yeah, the I way? Yeah, I guess yeah, we're already talking about it. The the all minds oh, burn. What the F, man? <laughs> this was the most disturbing, like creature scene i feel like matt has been really playing Baldur's gate 3 because it was big vibes of like intro-esque kind of scenes <laughs> but like very like uncomfortably invasive creature read your i mean i, I was shocked that image was like yeah just read through my mind i got nothing to hide you know and then oh, don't open that file folder though it was just like yeah go through it all and then it's just very like disturbing creature that they were like yeah we got you we're gonna take you with us yeah, I don't know. It's weird because like it it doesn't seem malevolent. True. You know, on the surface. I mean, it's very like creepy aesthetically and like just the whole situation is kind of weird. But like 
beyond that, it doesn't seem evil, malevolent, but it could very well be biding its time, you know, like, but it is just like, it's just like an accepted thing. And it has been for hundreds of years, seemingly like its presence here in Basarus has been here for a while. And it has like this cult. I don't know if that's the right word, but community of like followers who all seemingly willingly like joined. But like, there's the weird thing of like, did this addiction to the drug, like, get them to yeah. that point, you know? Or is it like, was it like truly like a a freely willed decision? Right. Um. But yeah, they it, it definitely <laughs> they definitely feel like they didn't have enough like caution or like, what is this thing, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, and. and yeah i yeah i don't think there are any flags that it's like deeply evil i just was surprised the lack of due diligence of like yeah. like yeah you know there's a bunch of skeletons around us but you want me to take this with me yeah <laughs> you got it dude yeah, this... <laughs> i'm here to serve you you got it you know and so i also wonder if um imogen did a wisdom saving throw early uh i think when she first put her guard down and I don't remember what her role was, but I wonder if the DC check was so high. Like, if this is like a an, a demigod of some kind, like, I wonder if the DC was so high that she failed that Matt played it as, like, yeah, you feel, you feel like it's very, in a very casual way. And it, it could be that is just is what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I was very surprised that, you know, if I'm like a bystander here, I'm thinking like, hey, should we ask questions about... <laughs> what we're doing with this thing yeah (laughs) so (laughs) yeah i i feel the same way i feel like part of this thing we're talking about this this feeling and stuff we have part of it is hey we're going up against pradathos like we need every ally we can get so like maybe some of it was kind of pushed to the side because it's like for that reason like if this thing's willing to like be on our side for this like let's use it without you know and we'll worry about the consequences later type of thing. Um, that's totally fair. Yeah. But still like, what is this thing? Somebody in the mm-hmm. discord. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I don't remember. I should have, I should have looked, um, but made the yeah. comment about it, like seeming like an elder brain. Like, is this some sort of like, so yeah, the only part of C1 that I actually watched was through, um, Clarota and the elder brain and all that stuff so like that's where my mind and i also just coincidentally in my campaign with my players had a um not an elder brain but as i was looking at aberrations i was it's one of the ones that came up so that's where my mind went to immediately was some kind of excuse me elder brain um i also wondered Sorry, the only reason the only reason I mentioned a demigod earlier is because when I when I did that with the players, I in my mind envisioned an elder brain. But then when we actually got into the session, I wasn't sure how much I wanted to stick to that. And I have one player in my campaign who's like extremely detailed from like like he can tell you he's like, oh, that's yeah, that's in that section of the player's handbook. Like he's read it front to back, whatever. And he was like, guys, I think it was so and so. And I was like, and they're like, who's that? And he's like, oh, he's like a demigod and he's, you know, an aberration. Yeah. Blake, you going to tell us if it was him? And I was like, you'll never know. And then I'm like, 
who who did you say <laughs> yeah I, I, and i don't even know who he said i didn't <laughs> recognize the name so anyway i i that's the reason why i asked that earlier like could it be a demigod like i wonder if it's a step higher like an actual yeah. you know named creature of some kind but <laughs> <clears throat> but so. yeah like because it so yeah like so could it be and obviously matt homebrews and, and tweaks and shifts and um so I'm not, you know, not saying it's explicitly anything from the player's handbook, but like, could that be where the idea started? Is it like a a transformed elder brain for some reason? Because it clearly doesn't like look like a typical one, but the fact that it has the same kind of hive mind yeah. situation going on, um, it also reminded me a lot of the mycelium from the Ravening War, which 100%. we know Matt. Matt could have kind of come up with the mycelium because of this entity that he had in campaign three, you know, already cooking. Right. Um, so I, <clears throat> yeah, I just, am so curious what this is. And I guess there's two options, right? It is somewhat benevolent or it's biding its time. Mm. And we don't know which that is, but what's weird to me is it's interest in Rudis. Like it wants to, it wants to see the moon, like take my seed and plant me there. So why is it not wanting to see other parts of Exandria? You know, because I mean, I guess we don't know for certain, but presumably it only is here in Basaros. Like there's no implication that like, this thing is like all throughout the world, but maybe it is. And it's just keeping that hidden. Um, Part of me wonders, um, didn't didn't Imogen ask it like, are you scared or something? Like, because I got a vibe like on the whole like why Ruidus conversation. I got some kind of vibe, not that it's a deity, but that it is afraid of Perdathos in a similar reason that the deities would be. Um, like knowing that Perdathos is like a consumer of you know godly powers, and so when you say why Ruidus, I wonder if there is some kind of insight that it has about Ruidus and it, there's some connection there, like not necessarily like fighting Pradathos itself, but like, you know, this is the best path forward for my survival is going to where Pradathos is. Yeah. It definitely seems like there's some connection because <clears throat> again, why does, why was it so instantly interested in Ruidus if it is not, which we don't know the answer to this, but especially if it's not interested in going anywhere else in Exandria, yeah. like why has it been content to stay in Basarus its whole hundreds of years, but it really right. wants to go to Ruidus. And it seemed like it knew what it was. This is not fair for me to say, but it seemed like it knew what it was because there were no questions when it was looking through her mind. Like you were on the moon. Like what? Yeah, it was just right. like, Oh, take me there, please. You know, like, so it seemed to have some sort of like, but here's, you What's know? kind of interesting is I almost felt like sort of like the innocence around it was almost like childlike. And there's a bit yeah. of an interesting thing here where like it's been around for hundreds of years. And yet it, to me, it feels like it's still growing. Yeah. Yeah. Like still yeah. Maturing. Yeah. And so maybe some of that, you know, uh, lack of pressing on like, wait, you know about root. Like maybe that's, you know, it's it's the fact that it is a child and there is like a naivety there, but it knows enough to know, like, you know, I think that's where I want you to take where I want you to take me. Um, is it fair to say it's an aberration, by the way? Because I think Matt used the descriptor otherworldly, which is a very common way to describe, you know, the aberrations in D&D, &D, like the Cthulhu-esque kinds yeah. of monsters. So 
do you think that's a fair like we at least know that it it's it seems that way like <clears throat> i mean i think that's a pretty a pretty good guess at least you know i yeah. i like could it even be part of prodothos that was like left behind after it was sealed or like part of one of these not necessarily like a literal like part of Pradathos, mm-hmm. but we know Pradathos spawned twisted life forms in its wake. Like, is this something that's been like, and it wants to go home? Yeah, or or something like that. You know, <laughs> now it's <seems> even worse. <laughs> yeah. What, well, what's yeah. interesting is they. It's a hive mind in a lot of yeah. ways, and so is Pradathos kind of because of the connection with all the the Raylora and the Ruidus yeah. born. Like, it's similarly. Right. Yeah. I don't want to use the word hive mind, but they both have hive mind esque properties. Right. So yeah. that's another way they're sort of similar. But if if it's not if at least for this current war of humanity or not humanity, but like the good guys versus Pradathos, for this battle, the the All Minds Baron could be an enormous ally. Like if it doesn't if it isn't secretly like trying to reunite with Pradathos or something like that. Because what like could it potentially like like we still don't know where Pradathos is. Like, is he is his consciousness, right. is his literal form like buried beneath Brutus, you know? Right. Or is it more figurative? Um, but could this thing, if they buried on Ruidus, like capture some of the Raylora and like turn them? Like it could control them and now like, you know, some of that army is now on the good guy's side type of thing. Um, could it completely take over Pradathos itself and like this thing is the new yeah. Big bad. I don't see like this thing becoming the new big bad, but what it does feel like is like something that could show up two campaigns from now. Like, remember that thing mm. you planted on Rudis? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> so I don't I don't I don't know what to make of it. I, I, I'm more so leaning toward it's an ally for now, and maybe the consequences of it we won't be till later, be that a future campaign or this one. Um, but it would be really interesting if it was connected to Pradathos in some way like it not necessarily literally Pradathos but like it was an ally of Pradathos and not us type of thing yeah I mean that would be definitely a nice twist I mean there's I I and I was really kind of just joking about how they were just so indifferent to like now what is this <laughs> like even coming back to the group they're like hey we got this thing we're gonna put it on the moon you know they're just like cool man (laughs) you know like it's super funny but on the same token i I think one of the biggest critiques critiques not the right word uh unresolved tensions is and we've said this since way early in the campaign like maybe episodes like 15 to 20 on back then level a level six party or whatever they were how are you going to take on all of this and and then we didn't know about pradathos we just knew about you know, I think maybe um, a lot of the Raylora or the um, Rudis born, knowing now then not just Ludinus, a hundreds of year old wizard, but a literal god eater. It's it's been like a it's been like a um, I can't think of the right word. It's not a plot hole. It's like it, it's just like this. Like, how are we going to solve this problem? And so, for me, I understand also like the skipping of steps in character of like 
You know, hey, you, yeah, you're good too. You come on with us. And like, hey, you, you know, you just got out of prison. Hey, no problem, man. You come with me. You know, we we need like, all the help we can get. I mean, seriously, yeah. Just like let's let's just throw throw the resume aside. You know, I don't I don't care what you've been doing. Like, we literally need everyone. And I I think that is accurate to the circumstance. I think yeah. not doing that, it is an illogical plot of how is a level 10 party ever going to take on like Keyleth had to get involved. Keyleth has to now go do these things, get these people out of retirement, which we'll talk about that too. But anyway, all I, mean, I guess to kind of dovetail this with everything we've said, I, I also get just like the, okay, yeah, come on, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even the, even the betrayers are like, you know, having an armistice right now with the, the yeah. prime deities. So like everything's on the table. Um, but yeah, I think, I think all of that is true for what is happening here. But it also, it might just be that like some level of it is that this thing has been accepted for hundreds of years. Ambassadors is just like, oh yeah, they're kind of weird, but you yeah. know, like, so I guess it has a history of like yeah. not being evil as it were. Um, you know, it, Imogen maybe who isn't from Basarus and hasn't really interacted with it much, maybe, you know, less true of her, but at least Ashton, I guess, having kind of grown up here would maybe just know that like, yeah, those are the weird kind of drug addicts, but they, they're harmless for the most part. Um, what, did, what did Ashton mean when he said he thought he was going to see a Greymore there? I I guess he just meant like another one uh, people person from the orphanage, I guess. Maybe somebody he grew up with or something. I, okay. Beyond that, I don't know if he meant something else. Okay. I didn't know if he was saying like, I didn't know if he was saying like, that's how the nobodies got together. Like when he was saying like, Oh, I thought I was gonna see a great, I didn't know if he was saying, I thought I would. And I got to by seeing yes. shady Sally. Yeah. Or if he was saying like, I was going to see like the owner of the orphanage there, which why would they be there? You know? Yeah. And he was like, Oh darn, but it was still really fun. <laughs> like I, I couldn't tell, tell like his inflection there. Yeah. I, I actually had that same thought and I, I leaned toward the former that like, yeah, you know, are all the nobodies graymores? Um, not necessarily, but right. It, but it would make it, sense that that's how they got together, though. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm on, maybe, I'm on the same page with you. And maybe that also speaks to the beauty of the tragedy of Ashton's character. You know, everybody's favorite character <laughs> of when he talks about like you don't leave people behind. Like we, it, it's it's been like a it's like yeah I get why he's saying that but like if you add the context of like we were orphans and we grew up together mm-hmm. and then like we had a bond and then y'all left me. Like, it's just a, it's like an added punch to the gut, man. Yeah. But. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'm interested to, I mean, I guess Sally is, is tasked with getting the group back together. I'm interested if we'll actually see them or if they'll play like a, a role of any sort. Um, it's not the first time they, they made a similar call. I don't know who we talked to before. I think he maybe mentioned it to Hexum, potentially. Okay. To like try to get them together or something. Um, yeah, but I like I liked that exchange. That I mean, it was brief, and I expect more of a kind of exchange between Ashton and the Nobodies if they do come into the picture. But like saying that, like I was, I was an indentured servant, like a paying off all of our debt. Like you guys owe me. Um, referring to, you yeah. know, his relationship with Hexum. Um, I was surprised that 
Sally didn't comment on Ashton's head because seemingly that would have been new to her, right? Like, is yeah. the dunamancy the portion and the crazy head would have all been after the accident. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just the thing that maybe wasn't on the top of people's minds in the moment or, you know, wasn't pressing at the time. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. So going back to the notes, um, Ashton originally reached out to to Milo and told Milo to get the oh, that's right. back together. So that's but, right. Uh, funny enough, in that same episode, this is episode 49, also mentioned Shady, Shady Sally. Then. Mm. <laughs> so I thought this was an NPC just in the moment <laughs> uh, that he maybe like from like a, you know, Ashton dot yeah. know, doc file, but, you know, has been a character for you know, more than just this moment. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting that they didn't shady. Sally didn't ask about his head. It could be that part of this is that maybe some of like, you know, putting feelers out back to Milo of like, whatever happened to Ashton and like, yeah, he's like, I, yeah, I'm just guessing by the sheer fact that shady Sally wasn't like, you're alive, you know, but instead yeah. of like, you know, okay. Hey, there you are. So, <laughs> That may be part of it, but um, okay. What else about All Minds Burn and or Ashton? Um, I'm curious about who who is under this things, who's part of this. There was a comment about there's like a lot of people in the city, but then there's some outside of the city even, and so it just made me wonder like, not that they're like all across Exandria, but it just made me wonder like, who are these? all minds burned people that are out in the world and what are they, what are they doing? Right. You know? Um, but yeah, I don't, don't have much more to say than that. Just very, very interested in what this thing is and what it ultimately wants. Okay. Um, moving on from there. Um, Verna, the Viper. And so, there's a couple of different conversations I want to have here. I want to talk about the funnel or the vest or whatever. The harness. And, um, harness, thank you. I'm calling it the funnel. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting it fixed. It needing residuum. I don't know if there's much insight there. If you oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I thought of one more thing that's cutting you off so I can throw it in before we move com- too completely on. With the all minds burn, I feel like it could be, and we already talked about this in terms of being an aberration, being otherworldly alien. It could be another domino in the in the line to set up space stuff. Because we've had the Gith Yankee kind of right. corpse, and you know, the the Gith, like their main adversary are mind flares. So if this is some sort of like elder brain, it could be just another mm. pin in the needle board for like setting up this more cosmic Yeah stuff anyway sorry continue no that's a good insight um so there's a conversation to have on the harness yeah there's also the conversation on the work um joe and verna were being asked to do um maybe let's start with the harness uh i don't know what there is to say about it other than just you know, you're obviously more seasoned than I am with like residuum in general. Like we know what it is. We've talked about it before, but um, two to three weeks to get it fixed. I think they said they'd be down to two weeks if everybody was helping each other. Um, what was your reaction? Thoughts to all that? 
Yeah. Uh, maybe even faster if the uh, terrible tinkerer of Taldore yeah. helps them, <laughs> which that was a really cool name drop that I don't think yeah. we've ever heard before. Um, yeah, I, I, I was very curious about this because I assumed, you know, maybe they get it fixed. And what we knew of it at the time was it kind of sucked the energy out of Fey beings. I was like, so I don't really know how they're going to use this other than, um, you know, maybe something weird with trying it on one of them. But then some more information came out about it here. And in particular, the way it was described as like anyone can use it as long as you're like siphoning a similar energy to yourself type of thing. Yeah, and didn't they talk about like FCG like going to like jokingly like going to Aor and like yeah. siphoning whatever was there? Yeah, and they were talking about like, well, you know, and Ashton maybe in the shattered teeth with the primordial stuff potentially. So I don't know how much of that was like, yes, that is like the intended thing here, or that how much of that was just like them kind of having fun with that idea. Because if it's the former, then this could be a, this could be like the run around to to get your best in slot weapon before the big battle like go to collect the vestiges of divergence maybe in campaign three it's go everyone use the harness on like their thing you know which would be really interesting be very interesting i would be i would be satisfied with that direction too it's i keep having this weird energy around like the meta feeling so urgent and then like creating space to go do things. And it's not like a critique or a criticism. I'm just like, it's like, I'm having to like reframe my thinking of like, okay, they're not going to ruin us tomorrow. Like there's other things to be done. If something popped up in the shattered teeth, like another go do I'm, I'm okay with that. I understand it, but it's this weird dynamic of the world is ending, but we have, we have, and it's, it's all the way, by the way, from like a nerd perspective, it's not un, unlike the traditional RPG. Like, hey, the barrier's down where Sephiroth is. Like, yeah. let's go fight him. Oh, wait, but we need to go, like, fight Ultimate Weapon and go gather this and get the uh, Chocobo race done. Yeah, I got to go gamble like, at the Golden Saucer. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I got all my tickets in. Like, so, like, <laughs> it's funny because it's, like, very RPG classic vibey for me mm -hmm. but from like a entertainment perspective i'm having like a hard time like okay well if that happened then, then how would that and i guess it's really indifferent it doesn't really matter i guess what i think about it but i don't know i don't know do you ever like go through anything similar as you're watching and thinking about this stuff i get what you're saying yeah totally and uh i think we got our first like there's been ever since the pre malleus key moment like there really felt like a countdown kind of like the count to the solstice rather like there was like right. a timer like things are popping off that day and that really hasn't ever like Resolved. washed away since yes. then but i right. feel like this episode in particular matt kind of gave a stopwatch and i want to talk about this more so maybe we don't have the full conversation yet because i still want to talk about the harness and stuff but the stopwatch i think was the fact that there's a standstill at the Sorry, battle of what? I, was saying, I was saying maybe we just go ahead and then we'll come back to the harness in a second. Okay. Since, since we're already on this, but yeah, that, um, then I was talking over you. So no, you're good. Uh, but the, the standstill between the, the Ray Laura and the, the armies of the world, if like neither of them want to strike yet. So to me, that's like, okay, let's do everything we can while that's going on. And then 
things will pop off, I guess. Um, so to me, that's kind of like a, this is like a, a, the lull before the storm to get things done that you need to. But on the same page, I don't think it's a, once you go visit Sephiroth, that's when things will take off. I do think things could take off without them. Like, I think there is kind of like, let's call it like a hidden timer, if you will. Um, right. But I think it does give them some breathing room to go explore things because they know that, okay, for now, like things, the, the, the battle hasn't started yet. We have time. Um, so I don't know if you felt that way at all, or if you agree with that. Well, I think, I think, I think it's like sometimes players in a session, like sometimes they create the momentum and it's really healthy for the game. Other mm-hmm. times players, I don't say that it's unhealthy. Like they create a momentum that you're like, okay, knowing like the, the game notes like there's a red dragon in that cave and so if you get excited about going there right now there's there's no winning opportunity so uh, having said this we know you know 10 episodes ago eight episodes ago orum was like i'm ready to go right now back to the excavation site like let's go and so if i'm matt you know not that that can't play out as it is but you know, having introducing, um, you know, this thing with Keyleth and Keyleth being like, basically, hey, gather your gather your party before venturing forth. And then also like, hey, with Ashton, there may be some opportunity to get some real power from Yvonne Trevier. Like all these things, I think, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think some of that urgency maybe isn't even so much Matt as it is like the players kind of creating that urgency by not by accident. Not by, it's like, it's like, no, it's, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just like, whatever. And then just kind of having, I think maybe I'm sensing kind of like that redirecting. Um, and I, I do think you're right. I think this episode did a really great job of kind of like not fixing it, but like kind of re let's reopen the lens of like options as opposed to like, we're just, we just keep trying to get back to the excavation. Yeah. Site. It was because there has, there's been no, relief of that pressure since the solstice right. countdown and this this to me felt like the first time of like okay we kind of have some space like it, yeah. the battle's not the battle's not going on right now on ruin it's like you need to get there and help like for whatever reason there's this armistice or the armistice right now right but yeah i having said all of that again i don't think that means matt's pressed pause until the players are ready um and not that i think the players are going to go you know <laughs> go to Kaimel and do some gambling. Um, but I do think there's, there's, there's strings being pulled all across the world. Right. So like, I'm curious if, if the standstill is like what the Ray Laura and what Rudis want, like, what if they're like, like, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Like what if we still don't know where, like where Pradathos is, what he is necessarily, but like, what if the beam is like currently like trans transmitting his essence, like into Exandria and they're just, they're guarding that. And they're like, y'all aren't going to attack us. That's awesome. Like, that's what we want. Like, we're just yeah. waiting until this process finishes. So I think not that that explicitly is what's happening, but I definitely think there could be like things happening behind the scenes that even though it seems like we're pressed pause, like it's still, happening and they need to you know have some urgency we're definitely heading i don't think in the near term but there's going to be a deep lore bomb app where we find out what's happening in this time or what has been happening what's luden has been doing in the dwindalian empire 
um, or on Ruidus, what's Ira doing? Um, I was really wondering if we were going to see Fern's parents in this episode um, with them back in Basaros. It doesn't mm. seem like that's the case, but I mentioned last episode, that's still like an unresolved thing for me that, you know, they're, they've been, they've been modified memoried, it seems. Um, but yeah, no, it, there is a little bit of a pause now. They're, they're back in the shattered teeth, which I am so freaking excited for. Yeah. Um, I'm like, Matt, you just, you just feed me as many calamity <laughs> eggs as you would like. I mean, I will take all of them, like as much fan service as possible. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the campaign has never been there, so it'll be really interesting to see that part of the world, especially given would, what we do know about it. Yeah. I was just thinking like what, how you would react if I was just like way over the top with like nonsensical fan service. Like if I was like, um, you know, do you think Evandrin's going to be there? Do you think Xerxes is going to be there, dude? He's <laughs> just like, uh, no. I bet Xerxes, Miss Lewis is coming back. Sarah's going to be there, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's still alive. Years. <laughs> so. he's, he's wearing the harness. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so back to the harness. I, I don't, again, I don't really know where that, where we actually are with that, but it does seem for lack of a better term here, almost like a MacGuffin that they could use to get more powerful. And, you know, if it is like, I don't, I just, I don't know if I necessarily see them literally all like finding a place to use it on. Um, but it could, it could be like a cool vestige of divergency type of arc without being vestiges of divergence again. Um, I, and it makes me wonder, like, does that mean lewdness is Faye? Because he was using it to, suck all these fey entities in which i didn't previously think that it, it that had to be the case but again because of the conversation the cast was having which maybe that was maybe that wasn't truly it's the way it worked but that's at least what they were speculating on i mean kravis asked he said i mean we've all assumed he's elvish maybe he's really not so like i think there's credence to that um i think it more to being like here's like the um uh, how readily usable this thing is like there's options for how it can be used and one of which is that if you are matching the source of what you're absorbing it's like easier or something mm. um but i don't know and then did they did they say why it was broken either or how it became broken when they were examining it i don't think so okay interestingly we've said this before interestingly enough an item of so much power lewdness has been content not to have it and presumably since the fall of Melesmir, or maybe he took it back there and stored it there no knowing no one would go there but when did Melesmir fall by the way or how long has it been uh i don't know like exact years but it's been a while um yeah, for my money he has to have 2.0 or or at least some new way to extend his life extend his power or else he wouldn't have left it behind. And it was broken, so maybe that's why he like left it behind. But I still think that would have incited him to create a new one or find a new way. Um, I was wondering if they would maybe try to, like, if that could be kind of one of the ways they take him down is by using it on him. Like, if they can mm. somehow, like, subdue him and then, like, suck him of all the power he's accumulated. And either A, that kills him, or B, makes it a more fair fight somehow. Yeah, 
Um, let's see. It's been. Uh, yeah, it's been. <laughs> it's been 300 years since Molesmere fell. How long do elves live to be? Uh, Orms at 40, which I was like, that, that's a yeah, joke, that wasn't, right? That wasn't right. I yeah, mean, that wasn't right. It's like, it's definitely a joke. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> how uh, old do elves get DD? Um, they can live to, they can live, to, okay, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> <laughs> they can live to 700 years old. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> all right, well, anyway, yeah, I, I guess there would have to be a, a version two, I, I guess, unless you like permanently sucked up enough energy to be like i'm good for good but yeah i mean presumably and which makes me wonder and this is something we've talked about a, a few different times about what his true motives are uh and is it is it truly just to rid the world of gods for the good of all mankind or is there potentially some ascension ritual where you know maybe he's trying to take the place of Pradathos? um which i'm not saying that's the case but if he does have version two of the harness, could th could he be trying to use the harness to like siphon Pradathos into himself? And maybe that's his ascension ritual. Because we do know he was obsessed with the Matron of Ravens and we don't know why yet. Is it because he knew her back then and they had whatever relationship, not saying like romantic, but they had some sort of relationship and he's just been obsessed with like, oh, I can't he remember her. Or like, how did she do that? Um, or was his obsession with her purely because she bested the gods and now that's what he's trying to do you know um is this the first time matt gave like said out loud like we've talked about it and it's like accepted ish but was this the first time matt said that he may be as old as like it's understood that he may be as old it, the line was something like because they were asking about like what, what were the details again yeah and um matt said something like yeah i mean it could be as old or predate the calamity yeah um, which i don't know if he said that or not but then he also added a detail about in this conversation of the harness that like it was someone who was basically obsessed with like i have to stay alive long enough to solve this problem yeah um which i think at the end of the day it's we've we said it a bunch of times on the channel but someone who saw you know the carnage of the calamity and like swore from that moment on, like I will kill the gods. I yeah. love the idea, by the way, of the twist of the Ascension ritual being like consuming Pradathos in some way. And, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I don't either, but you know, it would be, it would be interesting if there was some, relationship with the matron which is why he was so obsessed with rem like remembering who she yeah. was and like again not saying this is the case but in the hypothetical direction of that if let's say you had beef with this person they're a god now how do you how do you take them down now well you got to become the god killer you know so like maybe yeah. that's like his final like one up you know but i i think i think it'll be great whatever it is like i'm no i know matt will have, you know, strung a compelling narrative, but I still think right now I, I would like it if it was purely just, I want to rid the world of the gods. And there wasn't some, like, I secretly, he's just trying to become ascend, you know, type of thing. 
Yeah, I think I think there is something so simplistically compelling about witnessing the destruction of the gods firsthand and then swearing it that he will like he will eliminate the gods. I yeah. don't think there's anything against the matron only because we've talked a lot about like why did the paragons call worship the matron and it could be a ruse. Like we, we had that whole conversation already, so we don't need to rehash it, but the way it keeps like casually getting mentioned of like, well, yeah, they worship the, the, the matron of Ravens makes me think that it's not like a, um, antagonistic relationship, I guess, but it could be still, I don't know. But so I think it's in my mind, it's the former for sure. Yeah. Well, it at least, unless there's some like big deception happening, it's at least antagonistic from her in now. Cause you right. know, they <laughs> trapped Vax. So yeah. it's interesting that there, it is interesting just in general that, 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 I don't want to call it a facade because maybe they truly do worship her, but that that's still going on, on, you know, almost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which maybe maybe the the grunts on the field don't like understand what happened like that. They, they probably didn't yeah. maybe don't know that that was like the champion of the Raven Queen that was then trapped, you know. Um, but yeah, I think there's yeah. St- there's still a lot of a lot of juicy things to, to uncover about all of right. this. Yeah, and I'm very inter- interested to see how the primordials feed into all of this, or specifically Avon Trevere. And, you know, Ashton's getting a nice little, uh, he's getting a nice little, he's had a little bit of a focus point the last several episodes, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and, and I um, think Shattered Teeth will be more, not that it's going to be like only Ashton stuff, but it right. definitely feels Ashton fo- centric, at least. Also, like, potential plot thread. Why is Dancer helping them so much again? Like, hey, it's going to be like two weeks. You know, come to Whitestone. She's like, cool. Yeah, like, I guess I'm just like, I didn't offer to pay her or anything. So like, I think they I think they did, but they didn't really, like, ever talk about it. Oh, like, because okay. the, in the last, not not this episode, but two ago, the co- the comment was made, like, from FCG. Well, like, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just treat this like a job then. Like, we'll pay you, and then you never have to hear from me again. Okay. So okay. like I, I'm assuming that's still like the assumption, even though they haven't had the explicit like here's all this money conversation. But yeah, yeah okay. I mean, similarly, I'm I'm kind of with you that she's. I don't know. I mean, Bastros is her home. She loves to tinker. So like maybe there's maybe that's part of it. Like oh, this is like a very interesting and like intellectually stimulating yeah. thing. The world's ending. I can help maybe put an end to that. You know, maybe she's just kind of pushing the the personal yeah. baggage to the side for now. Well, not to like jump around a bit too, but I getting on this conversation actually reminded me of something else about Ashton, where he was talking about uh, they were talking to, Sh- to Shady Sally and about getting the nobodies back together, and Shady Sally was like, "Why?" And Ashton was like, "You know, because we're gonna save the world." And I just I just love how he's like full blown hero now and. We've talked a lot about that, about his his transition from, you know, I can't even think of the right words for like episode one version of Ashton, but like finding purpose and like kind of stepping in as like this, I would say like unofficial leader of the group, you know, with Orem going through what he went through mm-hmm. and kind of pulling back from that. Um, not that Orem was like the overt leader, but, you know, Ashton, I think really continues like every episode to like just... Um, uh, I don't say reassert his authority. That's such a weird way to put it, but like he's the confidence mm-hmm. of like, 
you know, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to, I'm just like, dude, I really like this character. Yeah, me too. I think, it, I think it's an amazing character arc. And I love that, like, Ashton is doing all of that. And I love, like you said, the confidence that it, that, that takes because of where, you know, they've come from, but especially like right next to that confidence and, you know, deciding to do that also still having panic attacks. So like, like yeah. even though they're making the difficult choice to like still do that, like it's not resolved for them. You know, I don't think it's almost like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like, you know, which is, which is yeah. real life. You yeah, know? totally. Totally. Yeah. So I love it. And I, <clears throat> I, I think we're going to get some of these answers in the shattered teeth, but I'm just really interested to explore like, what's going on with Ashton and you know, yeah. like the, the rocks, what was it like they were moving or like pulsing or something when yeah, he was like having the panic attack resonating with them. Um, um, yeah. Moving on from there, Joe and Verna and specifically this broomstone nullifier. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually <clears throat> in the girl stats show notes, uh, if it's in here or not, but that was a really interesting detail i mean is this just like a thing of defense like airships coming in let's just take them down or something more it's interesting because the whole network of smuggling things was it they're lifting up the spires of drusar man (laughs) it's gonna be a terrorist attack why would they need a nullifier then (laughs) don't worry about that part <clears throat> wasn't broomstone one of the things being smuggled though like yeah. wasn't that the original plot thread was esteros I was like hey i want to know what's happening with my clothing warehouse mm-hmm. and the, the broomstone was being smuggled like yeah we know that uh most of it comes from you're gonna help me with the details here like a certain organization that's based out of yeah. Montreal or yeah. something. yeah there's like one main broomstone not manufacturer, I don't think is the right word, yeah. but like, yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. So yeah, no, I, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just saying, I had the same thought. Uh, yeah. I thought back to the broomstone from the beginning of the campaign, which was also at the very, very least tangentially related to the Baragon's call because we know Gianna Hexum was, you know, facilitating these things right. like moving. Um, and so now they want broomstone nullifiers. So yeah, my, my, the easy answer is like anti-skyship capabilities, you know, defense against that. But I, I don't know, like, it feels like it could be something else. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what, like. I don't either. I have really nothing to say about it other than just like parking there for a second and being like, hmm. Because even, because Travis... When in the episode in this moment, didn't Travis like was trying to remember? He was like, "Was there broomstone in the Malleus key?" And they said, "No." Right. Like so, there was no broomstone right. part of that operation. Um. Yeah, yeah I don't because like what is what is the again? Not I don't want to get too crazy here, but like the Paragon's call still seemingly worships the matron, which, which implies that they're not fully in the loop on things to me, to me, right. You know? And so like, if they're not fully in the loop on things, what do they, like, what do they think's going on? Like what, I mean, I guess they're just still, the job's not done. 
Herdathos isn't out. So, I don't know. So I, I, again, the easy answer is like defense. Like they're doing these things to help guard their mission. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know <clears throat> the Shade Mother was using the broomstone to like kind of quasi fly a little yeah. bit. Well, was well, Ira was the one that did that, right? Presumably. Yeah. Or no. Or well, Ira was doing like experiments for them locally, but I don't. Yes, yeah, so I, I didn't know if he like experimented on the Shade Mother, or if the implication was like the Shade Mother did that to herself. I guess I don't know if the implication was that that was like a local smuggling for like a local effort or if it was part of the big picture. Um, because, because maybe I'm trying to pair these two things together and it's, they're not meant to be paired together. I don't know. So, um, so yeah. Um, Juno Ratanish is now dead. I got a, it was, a, it was just a crazy combat in general. Um, yeah. it was a little weird though for me because, I loved General Ratanish, and I, again, it, nothing against Matt or the, the party, because it's, you know, the, the games play out as they do. It's not, like, scripted to be, um, you hear that, guys? It's not scripted. <laughs> um, it's not scripted to be a big thing. Like, it made sense how it played out with, like, the banishment, mm -hmm. but also with him being such a pivotal character early in the campaign, it bum me out that we didn't get a more meaningful fight with him specifically, but also with, with how far in it we've moved away from that. It did also kind of make sense that like, Oh yeah, we, we have to, we have to deal with what now has become the footnote that is Ratanish. So I guess what I'm saying is like, I love the whole combat. I love the whole episode, but I was like, man, I really wanted to see Ratanish like, you know, do some stuff. Chop, chop one of them in half or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it could have played out that way, right? But just right. the the banish was like a brilliant move, and I just yeah destroyed him afterwards. Um, a good tactic, honestly. Um, yeah, but yeah, and also, I mean, he is he is the number two of behind Odahan. Like he's definitely right. a bad guy. Um, but I did I did feel like Ashton was kind of brutal. You know, for like, not that they were friends at all. And right. again, he was an enemy, but like, they kind of had this like, mutual yeah, respect. I can't say this word camaraderie. Um, mutual respect is a good way to put it. So I don't know. I just felt like a lot of vitriol in the kill that I don't know was yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of my point, though. Like, they did have camaraderie and like this mutual respect. And. It just never, um, I think this is where you get back to like, it's D and D and not a show in the sense of like, you know, the roles kind of tell the story and, you know, he failed the saving throw or whatever it is for banishment. And then, uh, FCG succeeded in the concentration checks. I think two, maybe three. Yeah. There were a couple, um, you know, I just envisioned for Tanish coming back and like being down, like, who are you? <laughs> just like, <laughs> I don't even know you kicking him and. <laughs> then Ashton stabs him, but <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, if this was like a scripted TV show, there probably would have been like a more like right. Ashton and Ratanish throw down the weapons and do another one v one just with their fists, you know? Yeah, something like that. Um, I wonder if there'd be a little. If there'd be a little, I, I guess when this is animated, 
um, five years from now, unfortunately. Um, I and you'll you'd be the best person to ask for this since you've watched C one and then Legend of Vox Machina. Would they stay true to it as like a sense of humor point of view, like him getting a like poop bamfing back and getting just utterly destroyed? Or would they tweak it to be something more meaningful? Um, Where where Ashton would throw down, kind of like Grog did with uh, what's his face? Yeah, I mean they they were they've always been very truthful to at least the spirit, but they make lots of changes, good changes, um, compared to the to the campaign. Check out my breakdowns if you want to know what those changes were. Um, but so I, I don't think they would like fu- like they wouldn't fully change it to be like it's just a one v one and always was or anything. But I think they could yeah. emphasize and like and we're like wait what? <laughs> <laughs> they, I think they could emphasize that the how do you want to do this moment of Ashton yeah. like being the one to get the final blow that could transform into maybe like the final like I still think the banish would probably happen. And it comes mm-hmm. back and maybe there's a really cool moment where they're all like beaten up into him. But then Ashton gets like the final, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's more than just like the single stab, but they have, you know, a little bit of a brawl type of thing. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, that, that'd be my best way to put it. They're always true to the spirit, but they do make changes. To both surprise us and make more sense for the the, the new medium, you know. Mm-hmm. There's probably no orgy scene then in the show. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's adult, it's for adults, you know? So, I mean, maybe. Rule 34s are like, okay, yes. Hmm. Uh, yes. We'll work for free. It's true to the show. True to the spirit <laughs> of the show. Uh, what else? Um, no, I think, I think we mostly, oh, there's one thing I, I wanted to slightly touch on, but other than that, we've mostly covered all of it. Um, <clears throat> the one last thing was um, Laudna's freak out, uh, which I think was 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 kind of played for humor in the moment, but I think it was more than that, as it typically is with you know the decisions they make in character. Um, so while I thought that was really funny, I thought it also was like a deeper telling of like where she's at psychologically. Like ever since inviting Delilah back, she's kind of like cracking. And so I think, yes, it was funny, but I think she like truly was like worried about that. Like, am I, am I being left? Like Delilah said, they're all going to leave me, you know, type of thing. So I think that the, the joke came from like that, like a real place in her. And I don't think Laudna was joking, but I, you know, I think Marisha on some level was joking, but. um, Yeah, I definitely don't like her cracking. I mean, last time she murdered a guy. So yeah, (laughs) murders killed a guy. Yeah, I mean, okay. that that's definitely in my mind, like a lit fuse that I don't know when it's going to mm. pop, but um, yeah, there's, there's going to be consequences for inviting Delilah back in. Uh, so to me, that scene was directly influenced by the Delilah decision. But I was just going to see if you had any type of pulse I, I, on it. Or- it, went, it went totally over my head. I, I did think it was like ridiculous in terms of like a humor point of view in the sense of like Imogen being like, it's been an hour. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, um, I don't have much to think. I don't have much to say about it other than just like, it gets me back thinking about Delilah. And we said this last episode, I think it's really interesting what Delilah's motive is. If Delilah is like working on behalf of, um, 
Vecna and you know Delilah's just now another ally for this whole yeah battle that they're coming up against or could there be a world where Delilah wants Vecna devoured so that she could ascend in some way and if so it'd be interesting if Delilah wanted to create a rift with Imogen in some way with Imogen last episode being like, I want to kill the gods or sorry. No, that's not what she said. Uh, I want to <laughs> save the gods. <laughs> I want to kill yeah. Pradathos. I want to save the gods. Um, I don't know. Just yeah. out loud. Just things I'm yeah. thinking about. That's definitely interesting to think about. Cause like what, if gods are killed, what, what does that mean? Is there like, like, you know, like we know that the matron performed like an ascension ritual and there is a ritual kind of to it, but like, that's when there was a God to replace. If there's a vacuum, do other gods take those domains? Could a mortal simply, I mean, I'm sure it's not as easy as like dips, but it might be an easier process than like the Ascension, the matron did and the Vecna did. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious yeah. like what, what even that looks like or what that's going to mean. Cause I do, I mean, anything could happen, but I kind of would, I'm kind of leaning towards some gods are going to die in this campaign. I don't I think, think so. they'll all get wiped out, but I do think some will. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, who am I to say? I have no idea, obviously, but from like a D&D mechanics point of view, I think there will always be gods in some regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're in a weird place, but maybe not though, actually, because like we're in a campaign right now where the party is largely agnostic in the sense of, um, I wouldn't necessarily say like indifferent to the gods, but Aside from FCG, there's not like a real tie or motivation around the gods. Um, and so I, I, I see Matt continuing to have that as an avenue for, for his players who want that as their backstory. As like, I, I'm a devout, whatever. Yeah. But um, I think you're right, though. I think, I think there is like a cosmic shakeup that's going to happen. Um, and I've, I've said this before. I think in addition the introduction of new deities in the form of the primordials in some way, Mm. Um, you know, just evolving that landscape to be less like here are like these spiritual deities you can ascribe to and more like, yeah, if you're more of like a mother earth kind of person, we got, you know, you're not the wild mother, but you're more, you know, you're more, you know, uh, granola. Like we got an answer (laughs) for you. So I don't know, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah. And who knows like we still don't even really know what the gods are you know like so maybe there's wherever they came from where other pradathos came from maybe there's more other things out there too that like could get introduced Um, so yeah i definitely think you you said shake up i think that's a good way to put it like yeah definitely things getting shook up one way or another Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh baby well, I, I think that's all I got. So I say, let us know what you guys think. And um, again, don't forget if you've made it this far into the, uh, I don't know who's ever still watching by the end, but um, <laughs> if you made it this far and you're not in our discord, I definitely want to invite you again. Um, I have to just, and maybe it's awkward even to say this, but someone made a comment in the live party, the watch party, like they made a guess about something and then someone else like corrected them and then the person basically was like, oh, yeah, I won't, I, you know, I'll just shut up then or something like that. And um, all this to say the watch party, like 
whether you have never joined a watch party, you've never like shared your theory, like come, come chat with us. Like we love that kind of content, love that kind of community. Like, yeah, we're wrong all the time, time, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're only, we're only going to tell you guys about the right ones. That's right. So, but join the discord, get involved with that. And then definitely like on the comments of this video, um, you're welcome to let us know what you guys think. We really do. Um, I'm not speaking for you. Well, I, I, I actually am. I, I know this is the case for you too. Like we really do read all of them, even though we don't always respond to them. Um, and some of them are, are actually just pretty insightful. So um, let us know. Yeah, please do. And uh, yeah, I, don't, I guess it's kind of probably be a while till our next critical role episode. It'll be a while. just just because of, just because of the the break I mean so yeah, um, right but all the more reason to join the Discord come hang out and chat with us there um, but yeah until <laughs> until next time yeah we'll have a safe trip my friends thank you sir and um, I was trying to think of like some kind of witty play on our name but <laughs> you go be a pixelist out there <laughs> thanks man I always I always do don't leave home without it. <laughs> This is a D&D B&B, baby. Yep. That's right. All right. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs> Bye.